0: Prana live stream. Hey folks, it's Matt at Pranakasha Productions, and today we are talking with Eric Hayden of the Oroville VFX Co-Supervisor, and also uh, he's got his hand in a whole bunch of other stuff too. So I'm super happy to have him here, and uh, we already... <laughs> did some crazy schedule manipulations to get this to happen. I managed to mow my lawn and Eric managed to get out of a meeting that sort of went a lot longer than we thought. So off we go. And it's possible that he may have to run at a moment's notice. So every moment is precious here. Well, Matt, it's nice to meet you. Oh yeah. Just, I'm super happy to have you on the show. So, um, of course, um, I'm part of the Orville community and I'm like every day on Twitter rooting for Orville season four. So we're yes. all pushing for that. My theory I, 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 about that. Oh yeah, tell the truth. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to happen. I think what's happening behind the scenes is just contract negotiations where people are haggling for money. So, but you don't have to tell me either way. Well,
1: don't I to. don't. I don't know the answer one way or the other. Other than I will say that I know that the general vibe is that they uh, that everyone uh, uh, would like there to be a season four, um, mm-hmm. but they're, uh, the you know. Uh, after as long as it took to make season three, uh, people are doing other projects right now, which is going to take a hot second to get the whole gang back together again.
0: Right. But, uh, well, it but, seems yeah. like a no-brainer because, I mean, like last week, the Orville was number three, the number three streaming show in the USA. Wow. And missed number two by a tiny margin. Wow. At least according wow. to Parrot Analytics, so.
1: <laughs> I, I'm very proud to have been on the show and I'm glad that everyone is enjoying it as much as they
0: are. It, it, yeah. It really did turn out great. The VFX are amazing in it. And um, to, honestly, for me, it's that sort of icing on the cake because um, I'm a TOS guy, Star Trek, mm-hmm. the original series, and I still watch those episodes and love them, even though the, the level of technology as far as the effects goes is way beneath what we have nowadays. Yeah, but, Yeah. yeah storytelling
1: is the is the key if you're if the story is good and and, and uh, the script is good and everything is good then the, everything else is just gravy yeah um, uh, and I think a lot of attention to uh, detail was paid from uh, from the, every department from the writing and from from wardrobe from sets from everything uh, was about making sure the stories got told. For Orville, and um, and and it, it it became each individual's department to you know contribute their best to that.
0: Yeah, it uh, shows. Yeah, it that was really fun. shows. So, um, of course, I mean, even the opening sequence is so good. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, you know? that was fun. That was very fun to work on. Um, and I know I watched your interview with um, Orville Nation, uh, mm-hmm. so I, I caught a lot of stuff there. And I don't want to just do a repeat of that. Okay, so guys, we'll put a link to that interview so you can watch that, you know, if you haven't okay. seen it yet. Um, one thing that struck me in that interview was that you said, I think you said that Seth is was very involved with just designing the shots, the VFX shots, yes. and and how they came out. So that surprised me a bit.
1: Yeah. So. He's very, he's a
0: very visual storyteller.
1: Um, uh, and he wa- worked very closely with Brandon Fayette, um, to create the previses uh, of every sequence. Um, and that way we was, we were able to honor his vision all the way through. Yeah. Um, and, and it was very much, uh, being able to watch the show before the show existed. So it was a great exercise.
0: Yeah, and you guys showed a clip over there on that interview of the, the scene where they're doing the sort of paratrooper scene, which oh, yeah. sort of reminded me of, of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek 2009. For sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was yeah. purposeful to do that. And the thing, again, that struck me is that um, it looks like what you guys did is you, you sketched it all out, you know, in 3D models and everything and figured out all the basic angles and everything and Seth approved it. And then after that, you ship it off to your vendors to flesh it out, right?
1: Well, so- yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, and then the, 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 major in-between part is trying to shoot as much of it, uh, as you can, uh, with the actors and with, uh, uh on the set pieces and, you know, looking at the previous and going, well, if we put a camera here, then we can get this much of the real, uh, shuttle prop in it. And, 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 you know, there's a, a a lot of uh, discussion with all the departments to make sure that a sequence like that comes together, but yeah. And then, and then it goes off to the vendors and they have to make it all look real and um, make it look like, uh, you know, like it was all shot at the same time. And it's, uh, that was a very challenging sequence.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it looked great. It worked great. Thank you. Um, yeah. So then, the one thing that they I'd like to ask about that is then once you send it to the vendors, is there still a lot of back and forth? Like, do they keep sending you how it develops, or do you just let yeah. them do their thing?
1: I mean, for the most part, you you, you set benchmark uh, levels of like approval, so that uh, we can make sure that that I mean the models that they receive from. Uh, our department are simple, and they need a lot of detail put into them. So we get to look at their presentation as to what what um, what the final uh, model will look like, what what the final lighting will look like for the scene. Um, and then, you know, passes through the course of the sequence of, uh, okay, well, this is the rough pass to make sure everything's functioning that way we can show it to Seth while it's starting to look like something and make sure that he still likes it and doesn't want to make any changes or we okay. need to add laser blasts or explosions or stuff like that. And then, and then eventually you get kind of what, what it is going to be is locked down. And then it's a matter of just getting it up to, uh, the state of being final and ready to air. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, it, it allows, uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, room for the vendors to contribute their creative, uh, taste and, you know, piece to the overall product, because, you know, everyone who works in the industry is an artist. Right. Um, you can tell. You don't yeah. want, you don't want to, uh, disrespect those craftsmen and those artists by saying oh well, no don't do it that way or you you know just, you you want everyone to have their opportunity to come to the table with their vision and 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 really uh
0: you know that's how that's how good stuff gets made okay two questions already so number one so is that is that like a start out as like a daily process or is that like weekly or what's like the level of iteration it depends on the sequence
1: it depends on 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 um uh on the volume of shots, uh, you know, I, I would say that for a long stretch of post-production, we would meet with each different vendor once a week, okay. um, and uh, and then get, um, get their newest versions of things. Sometimes you don't see a, a new version of, sh- of a singular shot for several weeks, but you can make notes on a single shot, and then that will get filtered through other shots that are similar, so that, you know, when you meet with them the next week, you might see New shots that you haven't seen the week before, but they will have honored the notes that you've given on the other shot. Okay, because you know you have to every everything, especially on a show as complicated as Orville. In the last episodes, you really have to keep a sense of forward momentum, mm-hmm. um, and because uh, if you just stopped and only worked on getting one shot final,ed we'd never finish the show. Right, uh, and so uh, the goal was always to always make improvements, but never stop working.
0: Okay. And did Tom edit all the show, all this, all the oh, episodes? There's, there's editors for each episode oh, okay. um, and
1: Tom is the head editor. So you'll see oh. his, his name on, on all of the episodes, but every, every episode has an editor um, that is uh, that works with Tom very closely to make sure. I mean, Tom's connection to Seth is, is very strong. Okay. Um, so it really is, uh, um, um, I mean, but we had Hillary, um, and Bart, and there was a number of, uh, Kevin, um, the, uh, very talented editors came to, um, contribute their art to the pieces as well. Okay. Um, but all under,
0: under Tom's uh, guidance. So does Seth, I mean, does he give Tom the authority to call some pretty big shots, or does Seth always get in there and finally give his stamp, stamp of approval on things? It's hard, it,
1: it, I, to be honest, it's it's hard to say because the editing room is very private to the editors. So oh. I, I'm not, uh, you know, in the sense that uh, um, we don't really, uh, you know, get our hands in their kitchen uh, too much as they put their okay. stuff together. If they have questions regarding an effects sequence or a visual effects sequence, sequence, they'll ask us or they'll request new versions of of shots. But in terms of that, that go back and forth in that creative, um, uh, synergy that's specific to the editors in the same way that our meetings with Seth were very
0: specific to, uh, to us. So when you talk to him, you're already pretty far in the weeds as far as technical details and stuff. Okay. Um, so how often does it happen where like you're halfway through the process? And it's just not working like, or he just doesn't like it. And he just says, you know, screw it, just junk it. We're not going to even do this scene. No, I don't think that ever happened. Really? Yeah. So once you got that far, it was, and you never had them there, edited there's all, out or anything was, like that? I mean, I,
1: there. I would go so far as to say that Seth put everything he could into the show and nothing was taken out. Um, and there certainly was not anything that was taken out because of of lack of satisfaction. Um, uh, it was always, um, uh, a sense of, of this, everything that we are doing is making the show bigger and more Mm. fun to watch. Um, so let's make it work. So that's why we have run times that are, are longer and wildly different than any other, Um, show that you'll see streaming um you know uh, because we have one episode that's well over an an hour and 20 minutes i mean these are these are these are features and and, miniature movies yeah and um and that was because seth didn't he wanted to put it all in he didn't he didn't want to cut um you know i think his thesis was um if it didn't need to be there it wouldn't have been written Okay, um, and uh, and and so uh, there were many times because I've worked on other projects where things get cut
0: regularly because uh, you're trying to fit it into forty five minutes or whatever. Yeah, it is. You're, yeah, you're
1: trying to fit it or under budget or there was, could be a million reasons why. And and so when I initially read the scripts, I thought, well, you know. These are cool sequences, but we'll never do that. <laughs> and and, and, then, yeah, and there we were. There, wow! Yeah. So yeah, uh, that was that was a, that was kind of part of the fun of that journey and made it a very unique experience.
0: Okay, I have to be careful because I could just go on and on, and I know we could get cut off at any moment. So, um, but I do want to say. Um, okay, so well, I lost it, but. It's all good. Can I ask you? Okay, can I ask you a couple questions? Like, you did some really cool shots, where um, you did kind of a a crane shot from the exterior of the bridge, where you're looking mm-hmm. right through and you see everybody inside, and your the, the camera's moving like that. Yeah. So, did you guys actually do that physically, or is that all CGI?
1: um so there we did a couple of those um shots where we go from either inside the bridge to outside or we're just looking at everyone um through the windows and those were all uh, everyone um we we shot those uh um for real in the sense that the cast was there on the bridge set the bridge set um I don't know what footage has is out there of, to show what the bridge set looks like? I'm, I know I've seen enough to know that I'm not in too big of trouble saying it, but the the bridge set is um, is very very well finished on the inside, but on the outside of it, it's it's you know it's not it's 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 a set it's a functioning set where you can see all the. The, the, the you know, the flyaway walls and the cabling and everything like that. It's, it's, it, right. um, but <clears throat> because we make, it took great pains to make sure that the CGI model of the Orville actually fit around the sets. Mm-hmm. Um, it made it possible to marry the CGI model of the Orville to the physical set in a way that was was pretty seamless, and then you okay. get those fun shots, and and those are those are priceless because those those right. are they were, very they very impressive.
0: Shots. Yeah, and so that one, for example so basically you did a crane shot and you Mm -hmm. did the crane shot everybody on a on the set yep and then you superimposed the cgi skins over all the Mm -hmm. exterior part of the sets basically right exactly and then in some cases like we would get far enough away that that it
1: was farther than the camera could move on the set so at a certain point, we did transition all of the, um, the characters to their CGI counterparts and, but Uh, only when they were so small that you couldn't tell that it happened. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's also good. It's fun. And honestly, that was one thing that we wanted to do this season more so than the previous seasons was, um, in the, the, the Orville models for seasons one and two, the windows um, except for the bridge, you could see into the bridge, but the windows across the rest of the ship were all just um, glowing panes of glass. Right. Um, we what we did going into this season is we made sure that you could see through the glass and see I inside the and and you yeah. know and see the cast in there and see people. I mean, so um, and and actually, what you're seeing when you look in there um, that that's actual scan data of the actual physical sets. We had a a crew come by with their, uh, what's called a LIDAR scanner, and they would scan every set, um, and then we shrank it down and put it into the model. So it's not even, what you're seeing is not even- uh, Oh, I see uh, what you're saying. A a, a fake
0: of it, it's it's an actual real projection of the- I see. So I think what you're saying is that the CGI models of the interior of the ship are actually inputted into the system through these lidar scanners correct okay yeah. so they're total. they're absolutely real
1: they're as real 70. as you can get uh, in yeah, okay. CGI world. so uh so the um the textures and everything are based on the f- photographs that the lidar scanners yeah. take on set so it, it really is i mean you're really seeing um the set in inside the spaceship <clears throat> yeah and and that was fun that, to me that was like one of my favorite things that we did this season was was to take the orville model and to uh upgrade it in a way that made it uh feel more like um uh, an intricate movie miniature um yeah that, and but at the same rate also have more scale to it um so that you got the sensation that it was this was a big thing and, and not a toy um, right so uh, it, we wanted to honor the the depth of kind of the, the scripts that were
0: coming out. Okay. So, okay. So it's, let's go there for a sec. So now everybody uses CGI, right? Mm-hmm. However, if, if you really look, if you compare today's state-of-the-art CGI, mm-hmm. it still does not look as real as the Starship Enterprise on Star, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Uh, that so was we, the most beautiful model yeah. ever.
1: Uh, and yeah. you're, 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 you're tugging at my heartstrings there. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm a miniature I'm an old school miniature guy. So okay. my, uh, I, when I started in the industry, my, most of the work that I did was, was doing, um, uh, miniatures and, and props, uh, and you know, and, and all, I did a lot of work, um, for the creature shops doing robots for the creature shops. But okay. I did, um, uh, there was a movie called Zathura, um, uh, with the house floating in space and, and the spaceships, uh, come to, um, it's kind of a, uh, a sequel or prequel or in the same family as the Jumanji story. But, um, okay. <clears throat> uh, but it, it, uh, I mean, that was a great, big, beautiful miniature, that house. Um, and, and it, um, and, and, all the spaceships in it were miniatures. Um, I had a blast doing that. I did, you know, stuff for team America. Right, uh, and um and but yeah, uh, I did um you know I and I know um Wolfgang Peterson passed away recently, but I did the his remake of um, of uh, Poseidon. Uh, we built these fantastic miniatures um, for for that. Um, wow. Um and and really it, it uh, to me, um you're not wrong. I mean, uh, real light bouncing off of a real object that is photographed is to me is is beautiful and it, it when I work on things um I always try to help recapture that right.
0: that vibe okay so let's go uh, one more you of course have watched space 2001 mm-hmm. space, 2001 Space Odyssey right yes obviously times.
1: Anyway. it's like church to me
0: and again you go back and you watch that and you're like wow this was made yeah. in the 60s and it still looks great it, it does
1: every yeah. every
0: one of those shots holds up yeah and so now let's go to your can we transition to your movie Astronaut? Sure. The, the the last push yeah so in the very opening shot I could see that the influence of 2001 in that and in well, fact even in the music I think your wife did the music right she did
1: yeah Kim did the music she yeah. composed the score it was uh, very you know, our kids are both in the movie um, okay, I
0: figured. They're,
1: yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they're grown up now, though. <laughs> they're much, yeah, much more grown up now. Uh, and they went through a phase where they didn't want to talk about it. And now they, they're back right. to the phase where they think it was cool again. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah um, there was a part of me that, that when I pitched the um, the movie to my friends that we made it together, I said, you know that part in 2001 where he blows himself through the airlock um and and he's in that little rectangular or that little octagonal space there um and, and he just came in from from uh, outer space and he's there for a minute what if we made a whole movie in that space um I, did. <laughs> I think they didn't really realize that i meant it Oh um, hold that thought for one moment i'm checking my messages
0: here, here uh oh here it comes no, we're good so far hooray yeah okay um, now what we should do i mean we just assumed a lot by just jumping right into this maybe we should have you give a quick uh pitch for your movie and explain to people what we're even talking about <laughs> yeah um yes yeah, so uh, um,
1: uh, i directed a film called the astronaut the last push um and it was um uh it stars Kari payton who uh people might recognize from the walking dead um and uh brian Baumgartner, who i'm sure people recognize from the office uh lance hendrickson who people might recognize for just being lance hendrickson um and uh and and james matteo who you might remember from band of brothers i mean it, it it was it was this really cool little project um that I, uh, we, we got together and, and wanted to make an experimental science fiction film. But it took um, you eight years, right? Uh, well, it, it took a long time. I took it, it, the shooting of it took about, I want to say o- over the course of a year. Um, the actual post-production took five years. Um, so, um, and and you know it was it was a long it was a long process from from when we started shooting in, in two thousand eight to when it was, was finally um, purchased and and view and viewable actually I was able to go into a blockbuster video and see it on the shelves um, right yeah that was that was a, that was one of my moments uh, that was in two thousand September of two thousand thirteen so and I
0: think it has close to three hundred thousand views on YouTube now so that's pretty decent.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, and that was, I mean, it it lived most of its life on um, Amazon Prime before they uh, transitioned okay. it to YouTube. So um, link in the uh, description.
0: If yeah, you guys haven't uh, seen it, you got to watch it. It's really good.
1: Yeah. And I All would right. say, you know, check it out on the, the YouTube stream is, is great. They did a great, huh. um, it's a high quality stream. Um, you know, I, there are places that you can pay to see it, but I would always say, Hey, I'll take any of the views that it can get. <laughs> and so if you can see it without paying for it, go to YouTube. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, uh, I'm very proud of it. It was, it, we, we, we set up to make a movie that we knew was going to be improvised. Um, mm-hmm. and that we wanted to make it feel, uh, natural, uh, like, a almost like a documentary, um, and, and have a sensation, uh, throughout, uh, that there, of like, that, that it, it was genuine or t- tactile, a sense, especially from Kari's performance, um, right. a, a sense that, that this is not, um, this we're not faking it, um. Mm-hmm by being dramatic. And so I'm, um, you know, it, it's, it, I'm very proud of how everything turned out. And and it, it was, uh, and it was a very fun project in our year or so on the film festival circuit is some of my
0: favorite memories. Yeah. Um, so there's, know. so you said improvise, so that what is this, what did the script look like? It was
1: a, we had a script, it was kind of like a long outline. It was like 25 pages. Um, with no real, there was a couple of bits of lines of dialogue, um, that, and and there were times when we would come kind of come to an agreement on a certain chunk of text that whilst it's this chunk needs to be scripted, mm-hmm. um, uh, and and we would do that kind of on as needed basis. But for the most part, it was like um we would get to set and we would warm up and we would film the warm-up um routine and and that would be you know hey so car he's got to brush his teeth and do his hair and do his workout and um and and uh and then we would you know shoot what we wanted to get in that given day and then then i would go it's like we would shoot on the weekends and i would go and do a rough edit during the week to try and figure out you know well we got this and that and the other um and then it came down to the last the last stretches of days that we had where we could really shoot yeah. um, uh, <clears throat> and, it, and it almost felt like we reshot the whole movie in those days but um, okay but yeah it was uh it was it was a cool experience um i transitioned myself out of miniatures and into cgi during that film just so that i could you know i mean 2008 was a weird year because uh, um, the global economy crashed and um, and uh, a lot of the work that, that I did dried up for a stretch. So okay. it was time to uh, to learn a new tradecraft.
0: Okay. Um, and so you were the director too, right? Mm-hmm. Were you the director? Yeah. So you directed it, you wrote the quote script, yeah. and then you were the editor and you're the VFX guy yeah uh, did you actually storyboard it or did you just keep most of no, this in your head
1: uh we we didn't storyboard it the the VFX sequences I prevised I have okay. to check my phone again just in case oh we're doing good so far <laughs> sorry the drama um the upside is I don't have COVID um <clears throat> that's one of the official texts I got Okay. Oh, um, good um but uh but yeah the um uh, what was I saying? Um, no, we didn't storyboard the, the script at all. Um, uh, but we did previs the VFX sequences and, and I'll say, so, we're, um, a lot of my skills in, in the, the world of miniatures building, you know, mm-hmm. it, it translate well to set building because it's just basically a big miniature. Okay. Um, so, uh, I built this set, um, ah, okay. uh, and it was built in a creature shop that just recently officially closed, uh, ADI, um, and Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff, Jr., who owned that shop are both in the movie. Um, and, uh, uh you know, which is cool, uh, uh, our Tom Woodruff, um, is the main alien in almost every alien movie, um, except for the first one. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, you know it's it's a, it's cool. It was a very cool uh, environment to build the set because you know you're 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 in a very creative space where there's okay. sculptures going on and painting and creatures and and all of that stuff. And we were we were gifted a corner of the shop to build the spaceship in.
0: Okay, and- let's talk about the set for a sec. Mm-hmm. Then, so what struck me is the set was, it was very much inspired by, a, a Apollo era, era technologies. Yes. So like, um, now was that just out of necessity or did you want to have that sort of, cause now it looks sort of retro when you like compare it to like a SpaceX capsule or something like that would actually go to Europa now.
1: Right. Did well, you, yeah, I mean, I went with what scale. we had, uh, okay. that, you know, back, back then, I mean, you know, I suppose if we were to do it again, it would probably have a, a little more sleeky SpaceX vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally like the aesthetic of the switches and knobs and pipes and tubing and all of that okay. stuff. Um, but uh, so what my, you know, my dad is, I would say, I like to say he's a rocket scientist, but he he would say, no, I'm not, I'm an engineer. Uh, so rocket yeah, engineer. yeah, but my dad uh, my dad is an aerospace engineer and okay. he, um, he worked on instruments for the Mars lander, the first one oh. uh, it worked on. And he worked
0: on uh, this Galileo probe that actually went to Jupiter. You know uh, what, this is gonna kill you, but I interviewed somebody who whose dad took over the Viking project when it actually oh, ended. Yeah, uh-huh. and in fact, she owns the third Viking lander that never went to Mars. No way. Yep. Oh, wow. That's they bought, cool. They bought pieces of it in, in an auction and then put it all back together, and now they own it. In fact, I think it may still be at the Boeing Mu- Museum of Flight. Wow, right that's now. incredible! Yeah, yeah, she's on my channel. Wow, I-, I went to high school with her. Oh well, <laughs> tell her I said up. hi,
1: and then I would be fascinated <laughs> to talk about. It. I mean, my dad is—he's uh, still around, and, and I'm sure he would love to talk about it as well.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, yeah after the show, cool. I'll,
1: I'll send you some of that info. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. So my. Uh, my dad he also did the project that went to uh to jupiter uh, called the galileo probe yeah and um and the higgins right or uh or was yeah, it, I the- don't, it was there i don't remember all the instruments that were tied onto it but it okay. was uh, the galileo probe and it was uh, there was a land there was something that that launched off of it that went into the atmosphere and i don't remember right. what um uh the oh god now now my brain is- a break They're trying to remember it. Sorry, um, that's <laughs> all right. But at, at any rate, um, I called my dad and said, What do, can we work on the design of this spaceship together? Because, um, it, then it, there, you know, at least you know, I can put together something in sci fi land, uh, and then he can kind of talk me out of it um and make it look real make it look real yeah and when i um and and also but more importantly they make it look real but also we in the process of doing it and there's a little animation that plays in the film it goes by really fast and you probably don't even realize it in the beginning but it it, it displays how all the parts of the spaceship actually work to get to. i remember here. that and and how it yeah. lands and all that yeah. stuff i and noticed that That, that my dad where it all comes really, apart yeah and yeah. then it goes down turns around um, yeah, and it, yeah. it stops spinning and everything. And yeah, uh, all that. of that was figured out we, we talked about that, how, how, you know, how big would the landing struts be and all that stuff and the, That's cool. the inflatable habitat and the whole, the whole thing. It was really, really cool. Um, and, uh, and in fact, and I always love it. I don't, I don't get into talk back arguments, uh, of, um, comments uh when people comment on the movie uh and i didn't like this or whatever that's that's fine i love that 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 it exists as a forum but there are so many times that i read the comment why in the hell is he going past uh venus if he's going to uh, jupiter that's the wrong direction they explained it in the movie (laughs) yeah yeah and you caught it but and i'm like but that that the route that we do in the movie is very much the same route that the galileo probe took to get to jupiter yeah um, and so, uh, which required it to do a flyby earth, um, halfway through. So you don't really think about it, but there's the the, 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 there is no such thing as a direct line, um, uh, between two things in space. So, um, before a
0: starship.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, we, we, um, and, and originally I built a, a miniature, uh, of, uh, of the life one, uh, pod oh, cool. and, um, and we talked about, um, Doing it doing all of it as miniatures um, and I was able to negotiate a, a one day of shooting in a, a motion control stage. Wow and uh, one I, I, the the reality was that that we did the math on it, and if everything went perfectly without mm-hmm. any hiccups whatsoever, um, we would in the course of a twelve hour day, probably get four shots maybe maybe six yeah um and within those say if we get six um you can crop in and manipulate them around a little bit and and make it look like you got you know 12. yeah um but there's like 45 spaceship shots in the in the movie um and and it was at that point where it was like and i didn't i hadn't finished the miniature build yet so i was like i i think i'm gonna have to learn 3d because the then, then it, it was like yeah, i i could but i tried to light the 3d model as in the
0: same way that i would have lit it if it was a miniature it looks beautiful i, I mean I, I remember i was dming you and i said i thought it was a model
1: uh, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. appreciate that. I take that as a huge compliment. Yeah. Uh, we really went out of our way to make sure that it had a feel that that um, wasn't overly clean CGI mm-hmm. clean, and but also and, and that that it had a, I'd say there's a sensation or, or desire with with 3D work to overlight it. Um, mm-hmm. because you have that control and then you're also, you, you know, you're paying for all the details uh, around it. And so it's like, well, why, why are we letting it fall off into shadow? Well, in reality, it would fall off into shadow. Right. If you look at what partly what makes, you know, uh, Star Trek the motion picture in and, 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 and 2001 look great, and even the original Star Wars is, is that it's, it's one big light being mm-hmm. the sun and everything falls off into darkness on the other yeah. side and that's really what it looks like out there. And, and, uh, it's a really dramatic effect. Yeah. It's a, and, 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 yeah. and, uh, and, so I, I, that's what we wanted to do with, uh, with the spaceship shots and, and that.
0: Actually I do that a lot when I do my own, uh, video or movie projects or whatever. A lot of times I'll crank up the contrast just for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It looks cool. I, I think it looks great. And yeah. I, I, think, I think it looks more tactile yeah so okay um at the risk of throwing us in another tangent have you seen that video um where they they decided for the mandalorian to try to do make a model and do some shots using practical effects i I have not seen that video no but i should see that you'd love it yeah and it it looks super good because and and it's it's well you you, you've seen the mandalorian right yes yeah so his ship before it got blown up spoiler guys yeah um looks so it's sort of based off of world war Two technology mm-hmm. you know looks like it looks like something out of you know out of the the luftwaffe or something like that yeah but anyways it, it the model shots looked super good it was beautiful because they basically painstakingly act they took all the 3d renderings and then they cast them in plastic and made this beautiful looking model and then they did a bunch of shots
1: i uh, send you know, me uh, or po- post the link to that video because I, I would like to see that i i uh, I have a lot of friends who worked on that show, and and I love the work that went into it. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, but I haven't seen that video yet.
0: Okay. I'll try and dig it up. I saw it uh, probably six months ago. I'm sure. Okay. I'll find it. Yeah. So then, then um, yeah. Um, so now back to your show. Um, so did you find? So it sounds like you kind of you sort of improvised as you were going. Did you kind of filmed it in sequence then? Um, well we did we filmed it in a sequence
1: um not but it didn't turn out to be the sequence okay uh in that um part of uh i i i i love the art of collaboration so to me there's there's never any one uh right vision um and and there can be a conversation about things and there's a fine line between not having the confidence and 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 then stalling out on notes versus welcoming somebody else's comments and and deciding whether or not they help the story. Okay. Um, and in the case of uh, of the last push, the um, originally um, the Venus trip happened, or when he flies around Venus, is almost in the midway point of the movie. Okay. Um, and then a lot of stuff would happen after that. And uh and that was kind of the the ebb and flow of the storytelling that we were doing. Um but when we watched a cut with it, and it was very rudimentary cut with the mm-hmm. with the um the previs, I mean, it was basically Venus was like an orange ball. Okay uh, and it was there was nothing really to speak of. Um uh, AJ Raitano, our cinematographer, said, I think I think that's gotta be the climax. I think that's the, I think that's a better.
0: I worked great. Now that I assume this is a relative, it's an indie film. So it's relatively low budget. Yeah. And, but what you did, which was very clever, of course, and obviously you knew you were gonna do this is you were able to take your uh, special effects and mix them with real footage, you know, of like real rockets taken off and yeah. then real footage of planets and stuff. And like for Venus, you showed part of Venus, and then what you did was, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure what you did, is you just took pictures of, of clouds of Earth and then put it through a filter to make it look yellow and make it look like it's on yeah, Venus. Yeah, some of them, yeah, yeah, for sure. Some of them, for sure. But it all looked very convincing. It was all wonderful. Well, thank and then you. It, and then the actor reacted to it, you know, and totally sold it. Yeah. You know, So it was, it was a powerful scene. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, and yeah.
1: honestly, I have to give – kari all the credit for that because if he, he if he doesn't sell it it none of it works and he's basically um, just looking at a light yeah and imagining the yeah. entire thing and yeah you and know? he's he's good at looking at that light yeah um, you know i mean and it really it, 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 i mean honestly that was the thing that was like almost a running gag in the show it was it was like whenever um uh, you know, whenever things got mysterious, the, the light of Venus like creeped through the window. And it was really just uh, our, our our set friend, Yoko, with a light, you know, walking right. it around back and forth. And it was well, goofy. And it, worked.
0: it worked great because, I mean, you did things. Well, you did things that they used to do in Star Trek TOS. Like they had a certain budget and they couldn't do everything. So, I mean, it's like Spock looking in his viewfinder with blue light on his face. And then he just describes everything he sees, but it's super yeah. effective because he sells it and then you imagine everything he sees. And, and yeah. actually to me, it's almost more powerful than if they actually showed what he was seeing on a scanner. I, you know? I, I agree.
1: I think that the audience has a much more powerful contribution to the storytelling sometimes than than the filmmakers do.
0: Yeah. So similar technique. I mean, you just had a light and yeah. then we learned that that light represented Venus and then from then on it was Venus. Yeah. You know yeah
1: and and it was i mean there were times when when i know that um before it all came together that uh you know before the music was in place and before you know the editing was done and everything like that, that there were times when i was like oh man this this looks really goofy i don't know what what have we done um uh and but uh but then when you get all of it together and honestly um uh had to part you know, when we made the film, we made it and got it ready for festival distribution, um, not knowing that the requirements for actual physical or distribution to create a master that would be aired had a lot of techn- different technical needs and okay. the entire sound uh, track needed to be remixed and cause they needed uh, like five
0: tracks or something like that. Yeah.
1: It was turned from a stereo track into a, into a surround mm-hmm. thing, and, and that was the process to learn also. Because you know we didn't have the money to pay for a studio to do it. Right. Uh, the whole thing would have been a lot faster if if you know we had money to pay people. But then. So how did you fund it? Uh, I was mostly personally financed. Um, really? Yeah, donations, personal finance, and a little bit of cash from friends and family.
0: Okay, um, so I'm I'm guessing you're just talking like a, f- a few thousand dollars, tens yeah. of thousand dollars, not much more than that. Correct. Yeah. Well yeah it just goes to show you i mean if you have a vision and you've got an eye and you're good you can do amazing stuff with no money
1: it, you, know? you know and you I, I i i you can and and i think that i mean james cameron um is very popular now for saying you've got to camera in your phone that it is better than anything that he ever used um learning how to make movies there's no excuse um uh you know to not practice um uh, I, I, though it does have kind of a fish eye problem it does well but, you know but now mine has three different lenses i mean that's that, that's it's like a, having a bolex uh like an old student film bolex in the in the back of my uh my my iphone but it uh it, when we when we shot um, the last push, the red camera had just come out. It was brand new. Okay. Um, and, uh, and AJ, um, had been working on avatar, the original avatar, um, uh, for That's a, great movie. And, a, yeah, a movie and yeah, and he, he got to know, um, um, uh, everyone on the camera department there, um, and they had purchased a bunch of the first red cameras. To try and turn them into 3D camera rigs uh, for future Avatar films, okay. And um, but for a couple, of, you know, for a long stretch of time, they were just sitting in a shop gathering dust because no one knew what to do with them. Okay. Um, but we they they, lo- they loaned AJ um, it was red camera. I want to say serial number thirty four um, to to shoot um, to shoot the last push, and they had yeah. only too bad it wasn't forty two. Oh, I know. That was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, they actually, the um, it, they had just, we had to wait to start shooting until they were trying to work out some software bugs to be able to record the sound directly into the camera because um, we, we, you know, we, we, we could get a, a boom mic and everything, but we needed, I couldn't get a sound mixer person on set This is terrible (laughs) what i'm saying right now is against every um (laughs) every rule in hollywood but yeah we um we waited until they had ironed out the technical bugs so that we could pipe the the boom mic directly into the camera and and record sound that way um and so uh, that's that's how we got um our sound it was very the red camera was very new um and uh and it was like i was i gotta another text here, just making sure everything's good. Um, okay, we're good. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the, uh, um, it, it, it was, it was, a it, you know, we were, I felt like we were kind of being pioneers with this new technology, cool. um, because it was the, it was to me, the first digital platform that actually looked like film. Um, it was, it it didn't, it didn't have that overly shiny edge to it. Um, and, uh, and so I was extremely excited to, to get to do that. And now it's like, they're, they're kind of a dime a dozen at this point, but, um, Plus,
0: I mean, now you can run everything through a bunch of filters, software filters to get the look you want. You, you can um,
1: the goal though is that every time you run it through a filter you're degrading the image a little bit um, mm-hmm. and so the goal is to retain as much data as possible um, you know especially when it comes to like if you' if you're shooting with a really nice lens on the camera right. um, you want that you don't want to crunch that. Um, and, okay. uh, we, you know, part of our camera package included
0: lenses that we would never have been able to afford. Okay. So, back yeah. to the Orville. Yes. So uh, supposedly the Orville was shot in 4k. I think what Four. I heard was that the cameras were 4k, but yeah. then when it was in post-production, what they, what came out of the editor software was not 4k. It was
1: it's uh, well, it's called, um, it's, it is 4k technically um uhd i think it's uh, the the, the, whatever i mean if you go to the store and buy a 4k tv today Mm -hmm. um at you know sam's or costco it's the right kind of 4k the real 4k is um whatever 4,000 some odd pixels by and there's uh, so many different flavors of it um but yeah we we were doing it's technically called 4k but it's um it's like uhd um is uh what it is. but no we were not using the the we shot in a larger format than it was broadcasting that's very normal right. um i were uh, and 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 part of the advantage in, in that is that you can punch in on uh, the footage without losing the quality or making it feel like you've zoomed in on it and so that allows um right. a lot of post manipulation of the frame that you don't really get if you shoot right to the
0: edges Okay, so basically what you're saying is you can do some software zooms or pans and yes. stuff and it'll still be sharp enough that people... Exactly. Won't yell you're not, at you. Yeah. you're um, not. So I, I don't know if we should go hit there, but um, that brings up an entire discussion about like, see, when I see stuff that's shot in 4K mm-hmm. or whatever and people are like, oh, that's so crisp and so whatever, I actually hate it. because Maybe it's because I grew up seeing movies. I actually like it when stuff's fuzzed out a little bit and I actually like... Like if I see something that's sixty frames per second, yeah, it yeah. looks wrong to me. It just looks fake. Yeah, like I want—I'm so used to—I want to see—I want to see some flicker. I want it to look like a movie, and I want to see like—I want to see motion blur and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, so. we, you're not going to get any argument out of
1: me. Um, okay. That's. Uh, um, you know, I mean, and the 4k of it is, I mean, it really, it, 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 the human eye can only perceive so much detail. Yeah. Um, so when you're starting to make footage that's bigger than 4k, you're you're, you're kind of lying to your audience because they, they really, you can't tell the difference. Um, it took a while before I started to truly appreciate the difference between 1080p and 4k. Um, okay. Uh, only because initially in in, in our industry uh, the the processor hit that using four K footage uh, is very noticeable, um, right. but the overall final product outlook is not that noticeable.
0: That like, so whether it's it was worth not no. worth it uh, now. So f- it's so f- four K is I think it's let me see if you double. Two dimensions. That means you got four times the processor, right?
1: Yeah, something uh, like that. It's. I don't want to get. I, I, my math is terrible, so I won't okay, go, I won't go into that into those <laughs> yeah. weeds. But I'll say that, that that when you shoot it in four K or five K or like eight K or or whatever, okay. um, and, and you're sitting there trying to process that footage, it takes up huge amounts of space okay. that, uh, on a processor on a on a on a hard drive that
0: it doesn't that you know, and you're not using any of that. Um Every uh, YouTuber I, knows 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 what we're talking about because we're talking yeah. about rendering our videos, whether it's, exactly. it's going to take four hours or half a day, yeah, <laughs> depending on how yeah. good your laptop
1: is. And, and you, know. you know, and I won't mention names of, of the shows, <laughs> but um, I mean, I I worked on shows that were shot in 4K that were broadcast in you know on 720p. <laughs> yeah, uh, so after all that. After all that, yeah. that's what the, that's what truly is being. That's what the master, the air master was. So it really is, you know. Um, <clears throat> the I guess where I'm going with that whole thing is that um, I motion blur um, grain, all of these things that that you and I probably associate with film, still make things look better. I, um, I agree. Uh, and I think that um, uh, that that, you know, I, I know that there's going to be an attempt to um, push things into 60 frames a second or 48 frames a second. Um, Here's I, I another don't thing. know. I don't know what it is. I know that um, there was a there was a demo that was done many years ago. And I'm gonna kill this story because I don't remember the name of it, but um, it was film that was shot at 60 frames a second and projected at 60 frames a second. And I, I know I'm wanting to call it Spectrovision or VistaVision. It was something. It was a. It was a very technical test. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the uh, one of the things that they did for the test footage was um, hands pushing on fabric as if they were behind the movie screen. And for those people who went and saw that demo, they said that it looked 3D, um, that it okay. looked. Okay. Um, uh, now, does that mean it makes it a good movie? Uh, you know, I don't know. It made it an interesting experience, um, but, um, but I don't, it, the, the cost, uh, this was before there was a digital um, right. uh, means of doing this. So the cost of doing something like that was so cost prohibitive,
0: it wasn't gonna happen. So um, here's the problem though. So, if you got the the cinematography guys or folks are all like, yeah, let's get the latest and greatest and make it as sharp as possible. Meanwhile, the art department's like, damn it. Yeah. Now, everybody can see every single flaw and every single mask and every single fake ear and yes. every single piece of makeup I do looks like shit because well, now… And-
1: Think of all those beautiful people not wearing the, those prosthetics who suddenly are seeing everything about themselves that they... Right.
0: Every little pore, every little zit, every little wrinkle. Yep. I'm like, I don't like that. I want it to be blurred. Please yeah. blur it. Yeah. And so do you find yourself just after all that, just going Gaussian blur...
1: <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it, it's, a little, it, it, it's a little, it's, I mean, there's no final, no, no I, I don't think there's a, anyone who does a final, like, overall to it. I know when I worked on Deadwood, the movie, we did do a final grain pass to the thing. They matched, they matched um, the film grain that was used in the original series. And then on the movie, they did a final pass to uh, uh, apply that grain to the movie. Yeah. I,
0: I know which I thought was
1: pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know if there is an answer to it and it's, and
0: the answer is different to depending on who you're talking to. Um, so, if, you, don't, you don't witness arguments where like the art department just says, look guys, you, you got to do something. We There's only so much we can do to make it look um, real.
1: Arguments, no, but I would say that that um, I've heard the phrase, can you help me out with this later? Many times. Okay. Yeah i mean but i mean and to be honest i mean we didn't have to do too much of it in the oreo because the makeup department was fantastic that's but, amazing um but there, uh, you know there there's a lot of prosthetic fixes that happen in other shows that happen you know and that's that's almost its own line item in the budget
0: All Right. so you got a cgi
1: Yep. things to make little patch a little bit better yeah sorry i keep i keep getting my text alerts here
0: that's okay alerts. that's yeah like you're on that means you're in demand. That's cool. Yeah. So are you able to divulge what this new project is? I'm not. No, unfortunately okay. I'm not. Well, um, I'm going to guess that it's Ted and it's then not. I'll just watch I can, your facial I, reaction. I, <laughs> I can honestly say, I can
1: honestly say that it is not Ted. Okay. Um, Does it have spaceships uh, in it? Uh, I'm, I'm not there. I'm, I'm going to abstain from comment. Okay, I'll stop that um, later. Yeah, but I will say that uh, that um, uh, when I can tell everyone, I will. Um, and and uh, and it, I'm very proud to be here. Um, it's it's a show that I have not been on previously, and so I'm I'm proud to be a part of it. And it's a and it's, cool it's pre show. existing show.
0: Yeah, yeah um but uh well then it, that means it might be the second season of strange new worlds i'm not that no 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 it's uh That's it not that. Okay. Une-
1: well i will tell you this when it is really revealed it will be an unexpected answer
0: Ooh, unexpected yeah. I'm not going to be able yeah. to sleep at night now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Now, okay. I wanted to ask another thing. So, you're the VFX supervisor. So, does that mean your job is is mostly just doing spreadsheets and keeping track of the budget, or are you still actually creating shots and and doing a lot of technical stuff? Um, well, it's both. Um, it's
1: so much much. Of, I work very closely with a VFX producer um, and that producer from the Oroville was Brooke. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the producer's job is much more the spreadsheets and, and, uh, okay. shot tracking, although the supervisor should know the answers as well. So it's, it's very much a, um, a tag team, kind of arrangement, but okay. my job is very much to kind of conceive of how shots should be executed, oh, um, cool. designs that, 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 uh, um, designs that, you know, the directors and the producers will like. And, okay. um, and, you know, if we want to try and do a specialty, um, gag that is, uh, challenging, you know, I'm still doing previs to try and help other departments oh, nice. figure okay. out what to do. So, yeah, it's, it's a very, um, um it's a very uh, i don't remember left brain or right brain but it's a very creatively fulfilling job but from Um, an administrative perspective
0: great okay do you find yourself like scribbling stuff on napkins a lot or do you just sort of like make castles in the air and try to describe it or i
1: at this point i'm 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 pretty fast in photoshop and and stuff like that so it's more digital napkins in the air but the the um the 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 process is similar you know you, you really have to the, you really have to sketch something out before you make something, because that's how people, everyone in this industry understands, well, I say everyone, that's not true, but most people understand a sketch as an intermediate step to, um, to a final piece. And so, um, I do a lot of sketches. Um, mm, okay. And, 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 it's fun. I enjoy that very much.
0: Oh, that's cool. Do you, do you know, um, David Cabeza? He's the he's the guy who does the com, Orville comic books. Oh, you know I don't no I don't know him. Okay, you guys might uh, but, have something in common actually in that okay. realm. Yeah, yeah. I should I should know him because I mean his work is beautiful. So. Yeah, he's on Twitter, so you can okay. just follow him. And he's Franz to DMs. I, I just interviewed him a couple of weeks ago. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, and hopefully if you know a little bit of Spanish, that helps a lot. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> or Google I, Translate. Very little Google Translate will help you out too. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, Yeah, so we kind of went off into the Orville land, um, but I hit, I think I hit just about everything I wanted to know. Besides, yeah. I was hoping I'd get you to play your banjo, but I don't see it anywhere. I
1: unfortunately am in a zone right now where I can't. I, it's, oh. it's frustrating me. And uh, I will let everyone know I, I'm going to be in a participating in a
0: contest. Um, so you're in a banjo-free zone. How did that happen? Do you have
1: that? Well, like a curse it's or temporary. Something? I'm in a I'm in an empty room right here uh, that's going to be our screening room for uh, for this show. Um, and then I'm still kind of getting my office space set up to my liking. Okay. But yeah. Soon oh, so the you're not even at happen. home right now? No, I'm. I'm. I'm actually legitimately in in an office. Okay. Um, so okay. One, once we get uh, one, I mean, we're we're shooting now, but um, but I'm still, you know, kind of getting my little office home built. Cool. Uh, and then, uh, but yeah, I'm playing in a uh, an old time fiddlers competition in October. I so I play violin.
0: Oh, you do? Yeah, I play violin. Violin's my original instrument. And all right. Yeah, and I I just played a wedding like two days ago. Oh, that's fantastic! And, but I also play cello. Oh wow! Like, yeah, and fact, you got a nice I, looking guitar behind you there too. Yeah, I'm I kind of suck at guitar to tell yeah. you the truth. So that guitar has become more of a prop than anything else, even though it is a very nice. It's very nice. It's Epiphone, yeah, what is that? Is it? It's a, an Epiphone Sheraton II. Okay, so it's a hollow body. Nice. And I what I did was you can't tell, but um, I also had um, Guitar Center put a bigsby on it oh excellent classic bigsby yeah yeah okay that's really fun yeah my wife has a uh, Gretsch uh that uh,
1: similar uh uh, hollow body oh cool uh, with a bigsby on it
0: oh oh boy yeah she needs to be on the show too
1: yeah we'll have
0: to (laughs) (laughs) do wow okay well Um, I think I hit it all. Maybe we should wrap it up while we have the chance before somebody just takes the hook and drags you away.
1: I I know it (laughs) it would be dramatic to leave in such a fashion, but at the same rate, it's kind of pleasant to to leave like a civilized human.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to pitch or uh, some links that we should put in the description Um, or anything like that? Well, you can
1: follow me on Twitter at Eric Hayden, the number, or Eric Hayden one. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. I I'm trying to uh, limit my uh, political jibber jabber um, mm-hmm. uh, as best I can these days,
0: but um, forward. T- Wait. Yeah, I had to put that in. Oh, That's one. my party, the yeah. forward party. There, there you go. I've had it with the Democrats. I've had it with the Republicans. So now yeah. I'm with the forwards. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 still okay. waiting to see who I care
1: about anymore. <laughs> OK. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, the um, uh, I'm working on a documentary right now called American cool. Madness. Um, oh, right. OK. Yeah. And um, uh, the author uh, T. Krulos is a genius. Okay. Uh, he wrote a book. Uh, about a guy named richard mccaslin and it's very uh, very much a, a tragic tale of what it happens when you uh go too deep down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole okay. um but um but i'm very much proud of that project and, and uh, kim and i've been working on that Great. um and i'm excited to be able to share some of that with everyone cool
0: so. okay maybe we should do a follow-up interview just on that and when that absolutely. comes out absolutely okay yeah. sure Awesome. All right, sir. Uh, well, it's been, been a pleasure. A pleasure. Now, pleasure. usually, I always have people do Live Long and Prosper because that's all Star okay, Trek. I'll, I'll, do, I'll that. do that. Okay, live I'll long, do and live long and Prosper. And then Jaloja. All right. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I need a Jaloja right now. Yeah, yeah I might have to do that myself. Wrap it anyway. up. <laughs> 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 okay. On set, we call you, that 10 1. Um, oh, I got a 10 1, all right. Yeah. I just yeah. call it number one. Yeah. Well, that, that's,
1: that's at home. Um, but, uh, listen, Matt, it's um, been an God. absolute pleasure, uh, chatting with you and, you too. Uh,
0: thanks for doing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, of course. And I'll be in touch and, and, uh, you can always uh, hit me up again at any time. Sounds good. All
0: right, All right. sir. Have a Until good one. Next time. All right. Creations emerging spontaneously from the space of life. For the benefit of all beings everywhere. We get it.